This is The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. Hello again. You're listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint podcast series. My name is Jeff Mix. I'm Head of Content and Research. I'm at the North American HR Executive Summit here in Orlando, Florida, and I'm joined today by Angela Hood, CEO and founder of This Way Global. Angela, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love, I love doing podcasts. It's very exciting. So what problem does AI for Jobs solve? So we solve two problems. We solve the problem that you have too many candidates and you don't know which ones are qualified. So we want to, you to be able to get to those qualified candidates immediately. The second problem is you don't have enough candidates that are qualified. So where are they? How can you find them? Uh, we have uh, two products. The first product is Reveal. That's the one where you have too many candidates and you need to find the best ones quick. And then Discover is where you can find candidates that are passive, that are sitting doing the exact job that you need for them to do, but you want them to come to work for you. Who, who is this product for? Like, is there a specific industry? Is there a specific market? So we find that, uh, in particular with Reveal, um, that if you are a big brand, uh, if you're a Fortune 500 company, or if you're a well-known innovative startup, that generally you have a lot of people that are applying for your jobs and a lot of them, unfortunately, are not qualified. So we find that that's kind of the um, ideal customer profile for Reveal. Discover is oftentimes for companies that maybe they had, don't have the budget to spend on huge uh, outreach campaigns, uh, big marketing campaigns for candidates. So this gives them the opportunity to compete with much larger companies and find the, the, the very skilled talent that they need. I know a lot of research and development goes into building a tool like this. What were some of the key insights you gained in that process? I think the one that probably shocked me the most and my team was the, we talk a lot about bias, uh, and you hear a lot about employer bias, but what we found is there was a lot of candidate bias, a lot of bias that the candidates applying for the job is wanting to apply for a certain brand, or they get brands confused with a different company, um, and so our technology accounts for that, and it levels the playing field not just for the candidate, but also for the employer, which is key. I think another one we found is that most matching companies, uh, they match unidirectional. So they match people to jobs, or they match jobs to people. And we found in order for it to be effective, we needed to match jobs to people and include the company. Because working for a Fortune 500 company is not the same as working for a startup. And you really need to take into account that kind of a detail in order for accurate matching. Could you expand a little on the um, applicant side of this? I, I think most people watching this are probably going to be HR executives of a company and thinking, okay, well, this is the tool I need to get my applicants. But you know, if I'm not associated with the business, how is AI for jobs engaging with me as I'm on my job hunt? So I think earlier I mentioned um, about that we have 3,000 partners. And so these partners, um, I'll give you one example, is uh, military bases that are across the world. So US military bases. And when a job gets launched in our system, it goes to many of these job bases or military bases. And the applicants there, the people that are transitioning out of active duty service will be able to see the job and they are matched according to the job that they've done while they were in service. So we understand all of the nuances of military service. We have a, a very heavy constituency inside our company of people that have had prior service in the different branches. 
and we are able to make very effective matching for them to jobs that they would never even considered at companies that they didn't even know existed and this helps them obviously but also helps companies find really great perfectly suited em employees that they never would have had as an applicant had it not been for our technology being part of their ecosystem i know with a lot of these new tools, HR executives are, are looking at their options and they're left scratching their heads. I mean, uh, it's a little difficult to figure out what you're buying, what it costs. Um, I know AI for Jobs has sort of an innovative approach to that. Can you walk us through it? Well, ironically, I think it's probably less innovative. It just took us a while to uh, get to the point where we could really be client-centric on our pricing. So we, um, at first, we were pricing per API call. Yeah, so talking to a person that's not from the tech world of an API call is really sort of ridiculous and, and it was a mistake we made uh, right out of the gate. So we then we went back and we talked to the recruiters and we said, you know, what would make it easy for you? Uh, operational directors, the CFOs, everyone would give us feedback and say, well, we budget according to per job or according to per seat because that we've been buying other products like that. So we went back to the drawing table and said, okay, how can we make this easier for them to buy, easier to budget, and also not feel like that they have to throttle um, their customer success. And so when we launched the uh, per job and per seat model, it was amazing. It unlocked so much value for the customer. Uh, and so in turn, obviously the company did better as well. So when we're talking about eliminating bias, I mean, is the AI doing it by itself? Is that supervised in some way? So you're probably asking me about unsupervised versus supervised. I, I think I am. Right, 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 okay. <laughs> so this is a really big topic of conversation. Um, when we first started, we used supervised learning, and I thought that that would be the right approach, and that's what most companies do. Uh, and what we learned is it learns the bias of the company and the bias of the recruiter. And that's not what we want to have happen. We want to level the playing field because that is how you find talent that's been overlooked, that's 100% qualified. It's just because of the nature of systems, data silos, human bias, you end up not seeing them. So we said, okay, so now let's take the different approach. Let's take unsupervised learning and let's use that. That's also not perfect. There's complications with it. And so um, a lot of terms you'll hear will be white box and black box learning. And if you read a white paper from an AI company, that's usually what they'll call it. So what we say that we do is a gray box. We kind of blend the two. We know exactly when to put in which data points so that the outcome is unbiased, but that we're also understanding how the decision is being made by the systems and we can go in and look at it and validate whether it's true or not. So there's a lot of data analytics involved here. Right. How long does this all take to bring up to speed? If, if I were bringing this into my organization and I you know, knew that I had some troubles identifying talent correctly, when could I expect the process to improve with this tool? Right, so we did something that is um, very difficult. We went out and built 3,000 partnerships we learned uh, on 48,000 different job types, and we made 15 and a half trillion matches. This took years for us to do. We did that so that we could implement our system into a company within 48 hours. So most people think it's going to take six months or longer, uh, and it normally would if you were just if you were not if you had not done the advanced learning that we have done. 
But we decided, you know, that's not very customer centric. It's not really what they want to have to deal with. They want immediate ROI. They want to get immediate value. So that's why we spent uh, over two years doing the learning in advance on behalf of our customer. And then that way we can deploy in 48 hours and they are getting uh, a return on their investment in the first week. I mean, that sounds incredible. And it leads me sort of to my next question. This isn't a, a standalone piece of software then. I mean, it must interact with a whole ecosystem of other existing tools. It has to. Um, so a recruiter's job is very difficult. And I think uh, one of the things I get kind of frustrated about is I think that they're undervalued inside companies. And so we said, all right, how can we make their life easier, not harder? Um, so we have our own interface and people use that oftentimes during an implementation phase or during our, one of our pilots. But once they start using the technology, it's actually sitting inside their workflow. So it's inside their applicant tracking system um, or their candidate relationship management system. And we also are now a uh, part of the Salesforce Accelerator program. So if your company is on Salesforce, you can use your contacts that you have already built inside Salesforce and you don't even have to go out to an external system. My boss loves Salesforce. Yeah. He loves all things Salesforce, and he might now actually be checking out your website to see how he can plug right. this into his Salesforce. Yep. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it is um, very cool. AI for jobs, I mean, I look at it, and I think we're talking about uh, artificial intelligence. We're talking about uh, big data analytics. Um, is that what you mean when you came up with the job title? What were you thinking? Yeah, so AI for jobs, it does, um, from a marketing perspective, it means artificial intelligence. But what we really think of our company as doing for the customer is augmenting their intelligence. So a recruiter has all types of knowledge from years and years of doing their job. What they don't have is the ability to have massive computations on a daily basis to be able to know every single thing about every single job type. So I'll give a very specific example. Um, nearly every company is becoming a technology company to some degree. Uh, JavaScript is one of the most common uh, software programs that you're looking for a developer that can use JavaScript. But the developers themselves will call themselves a React developer or a Node developer. Those are both JavaScript. But if a recruiter doesn't know that, they may very well uh, say that this person's not qualified for the job. So we, our system knows that this is JavaScript and it goes ahead and includes them in the matching and the ranking and scoring. And then that way they're not overlooking someone that's fully qualified for the job. And that's part of what we mean by bias. It's not just about gender and ethnicity. Sometimes it's just knowledge. You just have a bias uh, about a piece of information that you think that you know that all the details about and you actually don't. Well, that would make sense because in a lot of cases, recruiters move from company to company. So Correct. are they going to know the inside of, insides and outs intimately? I think it's unreasonable, really, for organizations to think that recruiters can know the ins and outs of every single job type. I mean, it's, um, it's astounding how many job differences there are. And if you go from one company to another, job titles that are exactly the same will mean com something completely different. So how do we think that the applicant can know that? or the recruiter can know that, it's unreasonable. And so our technology, because it computes um, and it analyzes data, it can do that very quickly, do that on behalf of the people involved and make the people be able to just get to a conversation faster and get into a job faster. This sounds like an amazing tool, and I think there are probably going to be a lot of people who are interested in learning more or, or are curious what getting started looks like. How do they get more information? Can you walk us through what like the baby steps of 
getting this rolling look like? Sure. So the first thing we do is we do a needs assessment with uh, any t company that reaches out to us. Uh, if we do not have technology that's going to solve that problem, a lot of times we may know someone in the industry that does, um, and we know what technology really works and which ones don't. So we can you know, introduce them. If our technology is the solution, then we walk them through what it was a pilot look like, how can we do a land and expand relationship with them. And then the easiest way for us to get started on that is to go to our website. So if they go to thiswayglobal.com or aiforjobs.com, either one, it will go to the same website. Uh, there's a contact page they can reach out directly to us there. Uh, we also have obviously LinkedIn and social media. Um, as you introduced me before, my name's Angela Hood. I am the CEO and founder of This Way Global. And you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn if you want to you know, contact uh, someone directly or someone here at our organization because we uh, were kind enough to be invited to have a booth here. For those of you who are wondering if she's serious about reaching out through LinkedIn, I I've actually had the pleasure of chatting with Angela uh, outside of this podcast for a, a couple of hours. I really do think she likes to chat, and I think she loves to chat about what she does for a living, so don't be afraid to send that message. Angela, thank you so much again for uh, your time today. Oh, thank you so much, and I really do hope that people will reach out uh, if you have any questions about the space or if you have any insight to offer. We would love to hear it. You've been listening to another episode of the Executive Platform's Blueprint podcast series. Thanks so much for joining us, and let's do it again soon.